Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Are you being influenced? Well, if you watched the blockbuster film in the last decade, well, then there's a chance it has been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Now, here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. Now, in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, well, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free when you go to the website, hollywoodtakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Well, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. We'll all be flying higher than a jetliner. And if you want a little bang in your yin yang, come along. Should President Biden run again in 2024, Mr. Nadler? Too early to say it doesn't serve the purpose of the Democratic Party to deal with that until after the midterms. Ms. Maloney. I don't believe he's running for re-election. There's so much more to say, but I'm anxious to hear from all of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Do I sign this order now? I'm going to sign this executive order right now, okay? Wish I were with you in person, quite frankly, but <laughs> I'm getting there. Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. This is a special edition of the Sean Hannity Show. America trapped behind enemy lines. Day number 359. Right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, so we just hear the president now testing negative uh, from COVID two days in a row. Uh, the president took the antiviral Paxlovid, been taken by a lot of people. You know, most people that I've talked to have had pretty good results with it, but about 20 some odd percent of the time you have what's known as a rebound or rebound COVID where, you know, you test negative and then four or five days later you test positive again. And that that's what happened in the case of Dr. Fauci. And it's what happened in the case of Joe Biden. Uh, fairly uh, more more common than I think most people actually know. 
Um, anyway, but Biden, remember, he said, if you got the vaccine, you, you, you're not going to get COVID. You might remember. We're not in a position where we think that any virus, including the Delta virus, which is much more transmissible and more deadly in terms of non unvaccinated people, the vi- the, the, the various shots uh-huh. that people are getting now cover that they're, cover they're, they're you're okay. You're not going to, okay. you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Okay. You're you're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you had the vaccinations. Uh, he said that, by the way, this was, this was after the Delta variant, which was the first breakthrough variant. And then, of course, you got Fauci, flip-flop Fauci on lockdowns and shutdowns and flipping and flopping and flailing pretty much all over the place. I wonder if you would recommend locking down schools if you had to do it all over again. Well, you know, again, it's uh, first of all, I didn't recommend locking anything down. You're, you're, you're asking me questions. You're talking about The CDC is the public health agency that uses their epidemiologists and their science-based approach to make recommendations. It was a decision to make a recommendation to the president. It wasn't my decision that I could implement. And when it became clear that when we had um, community spread in the country with a few cases of community spread, this was way before there was a major explosion like we saw in the northeastern corridor driven by New York City metropolitan area. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Shut the country down. How's that going to work? Uh, a disaster. Anyway, uh, you know, one of the things now that is happening, it, there seems to be an attempt to get Americans all panicked over this monkeypox outbreak. Um, I think we're up to seven or eight thousand cases now around the country. Um uh, I'm not there yet, nor am I ever going to trust the NIH, the CDC, Dr. Fauci, uh, Joe Biden, or, or any other politician. Again, I'm just never going to trust them because they were wrong every single solitary step of the way on on so much as it relates to COVID-19. Anyway, Dr. George Farida is back with us. Um, he, along with Dr. Brian Tyson, authored the bestseller, Overcoming the COVID Darkness, How Two Doctors Successfully treated 7,000 patients. Um, this rebound COVID after people take the antiviral Paxlovid is, is fairly common. What percentage of the time do you see it happening? Hi, Sean. Thank you again for having us on your Great show you. and for everything that you've done. Uh, by the way, our book, uh, you and you um, supported it, which is great. It was uh, a bestseller in Germany. It was translated into German, and the title was changed to COVID-19 Treatable Since 2020, and that seemed to, that's the truth. But regardless, uh, the rebound occurs probably up to 20% of the time, and uh, that's because it's not being used the way the experts in COVID treatment, such as Brian and myself, those that have been on the front lines through the whole pandemic, fought it from the very beginning when Paxlovid wasn't available, when monoclonals weren't available, but other antivirals were available and very effective and still are. In, in any case, um, we've always used a cocktail, a combination of agents, and that's what's needed with Paxlovid or mononupiravir. He could have received a monoclonal antibody infusion, the BEV antibody, it's currently available would have been what well, I would what is the, what is the him. latest one because I remember after Citrovimab then Eli Lilly's monoclonal became the the dominant one being used which one's used now for Omicron BA4 or 5 Bebtivimab it's a Beb for abbreviation BEV but it's a Lilly product 2ml 
injectable, and it, it, it's very important to use in high-risk patients. And what I feel in, in the case of uh, President Biden or, and even Fauci, um, Kevin O'Connor, DO, is the physician to the president. He is from George Washington University, associate professor. Many of these doctors now treating didn't take the approach of early treatment during the, thre- the, f- the full-blown uh, time of the pandemic, like Brian and I and many others, and Peter McCullough and others have done. Uh, there, a protocol was uh, developed, and what we found was that you needed to use multi-drug treatment to prevent rebound, to prevent a breakthrough or inefficiency of an agent. And thus, in the case of President Biden, uh, with his his pre-existing conditions, uh, which he was on uh, apixaban or Eliquis, they stopped that. Uh, they because of interactions with Paxlovid, they stopped the rosuvastatin or statin because of interactions. That uh, it wouldn't have been what I would have selected or recommended because thrombogenesis or clotting is a big problem with COVID-19. So Paxlovid was what they went with, and uh, it, it uh, led to a rebound in both of these individuals, and it does in up to 20% of people if they don't use in a, in a cocktail a combination. And I always use azithromycin or doxycycline, zinc, vitamin D, and even, for instance, my brother-in-law is just like uh, um, uh, President Biden, the same age with the same problems. Uh, I, I treated him with Paxlovid, HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, uh, azithromycin and ivermectin, zinc, and vitamin D, and within 24 hours, he was much better and had no rebound. But in any case, that's, uh, in a nutshell, what I, I feel is um, important concept today with all that we have. The monoclonal infusion can, uh, that we, you just re- referred to, Sean, is a very good treatment and would have been an excellent treatment to prevent. I, uh, in my, my humble opinion, I think that's been the gold standard that has emerged in all of this, not with standing uh you know as we've all said from the beginning you fight with the army you have not the one you wish you had and you had no army behind you and yet you were coming up with ways to save people's lives and mitigate symptoms right i I know in the in the case of hcq there have been i can't even count how many studies now that shown when taken early mitigate symptoms and yet it got politicized from the very beginning so sad yes so sad so many people's lives were lost or or ravaged because they weren't uh, able to be treated properly in that period of time 2020 through 2021 and uh, I think that that you stated it very well the monoclonal antibodies are the gold standard but they can still be improved upon with this combination treatment to sustain their effects let me let me bring in uh, dr. Your your partner in crime here, Dr. Brian Tyson. Again, doctor, congratulations on your book, number one. And number two, I mean, what I'd like this discussion to do is eventually now evolve into um, how scared should people be of monkeypox. Um, I guess my barometer is when my daughter writes me and says, do I have to worry about this? Uh, I'm not a doctor, so I ask the doctors that I trust. Um, but we, they got everything wrong with COVID as far as I'm concerned. And I just have no faith in Dr. Fauci. I have no faith in the CDC, no faith in the NIH. I think we've been lied to. I think we've been misled. I think it's uh, a lot of it they knew was false, you know, especially about the origins of COVID. And I just don't trust them. So now, and, and it also seems like they're trying to make this into something very, very big. Is it 
that big a risk to you. Yeah, thanks, Sean. And, you know, just to just to say one more thing, uh, and we'll let the COVID conversation go away, but um, is the inhaled budesonide is still missing in the treatment protocols across the nation right now. Um, just to remind people, it's still an inflammatory response syndrome. So when you start to see that inflammation, you got to treat it. So I'll let that go to bed. You're talking uh, the about mom, the steroid, correct? Yep, I'm talking about the steroid. And so that's still just been been basically just pushed off to the side. And, and I think that that's tragic. Um, do you, but yeah, let me ask you real quick before we get off this. Do you worry that the next variant could be as deadly as, say, the original variant or the Delta variant? We always have to worry about it. And we're starting to see a little uptick in severity of symptoms. Um, and again, I think it goes back to the antibody-dependent enhancement. Um, we're basically suppressing the immune system by continuing to uh, vaccinate through the pandemic and through the variants. Um, so that spike protein is still very uh, inflammatory-mediated. It's still causing the cytokine issues. It's still causing, causing the blood clotting. And now we're starting to see pneumonia starting to pop back up in individuals who are fully vaccine-boosted. So that, that inhaled budesonide component is still a valuable tool uh, that needs to be used in combination. Uh, you know, George hit it right. It's about multi-drug therapy, not monotherapy. We didn't use monotherapy with HIV. We don't use monotherapy very often when it comes to uh, severe uh, viral or even bacterial uh, infections. So let's not, uh, you know, chase the clock and say, okay, well, this didn't work, this didn't work, well, let's try it again, it didn't work, and then we're behind the eight ball because we're, you know, 10 to 14 days later uh, into a problematic issue. Um, when you looked at the San Diego study, um, and they're looking at the severity of reactions and mortality, it's basically showing that these vaccines are ineffective, period. Continue with Dr. Brian Tyson and Dr. George Fareed. Uh, they wrote the bestseller, Overcoming the COVID Darkness, Two Doctors Successfully Treating Thousands of Patients. Uh, you can get it on Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. Let me ask you both, and, and maybe we'll start with you this time, Dr. Tyson, and that is how worried should people be about monkeypox, and what is monkeypox? So monkeypox is it's a viral uh, contagion uh, that is spread by uh, contact. Um, right now, 98% of it is still in the gay population. It's male-to-male contact, um, and it will spread to the heterosexual community if we don't get a handle on the gay community to stop uh, the transmission. They need to treat it like the first outbreak of HIV. We've been through this before. Um, if they have a stop contact for four to six weeks, we can probably eliminate the spread of it. Um, but the, the CDC and the NIH, they're afraid to come out and tell the gay community to stop having intercourse until this pandemic goes away. Um, but right now, that seems to be what the spread is. The mortality rate actually in, is pretty And in low. other parts of the world, though, it's 40% the, uh, heterosexual community. So it, you're saying that that would be the next, uh, I guess, trans, uh, transmission area that it goes to? If right. It's, it's contact. It's not airborne. So, you know, again, you can, you can limit contact. You can limit the spread um, just like any other uh, skin contagion. 
Um, you know, you got to be careful with, with what you're doing and who you're being in contact with. Um, but, you know, uh, it's a lot more manageable than anything that would be aerosolized or respiratory. Your take, Dr. Farid. Well, I agree with what Brian said. I, I, there are a couple of things that I think are really important. One is that, unfortunately, the mass vaccination with these um, gene therapies, uh, the COVID vaccines, has the ability to weaken the immune system and make people more vulnerable to viral infection. So there is a potential for this to becoming more serious because of impaired immunity that's been ge- generated by the, the spike protein being repetitively introduced into people. Uh, beyond that, uh, the, uh, the contagion control is the key. Uh, uh, using good, um, safe measures, the safe sex measures is what is needed. And then recognizing that a vaccine can be offered to selective groups uh, that's effective. Well, what do you uh, think about the vaccine? Apparently, apparently it's in short supply, but putting that aside, there is a vaccine for it. What are your thoughts on it? I'm worried that it it can cause myocarditis, unfortunately, like the um, COVID vaccines can. It's not very common, but I'm 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 feeling my feeling is that it it will be still applicable, useful for certain high risk individuals, and and then there's a direct treatment, an antiviral. Topox, uh, T-pox, I'm sorry, that <clears throat> is in limited supply, but will, will, can be made available for those that need it. So again, it, it's going to come down to being realistic about this, not being afraid or frightened by this. It's not nearly as contagious as COVID-19 or respiratory viral infections. And some countries apparently have been able to rid itself of, of any cases for years, and then it mysteriously pops back up again, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah. There are two types that come from the Congo. The one that's out spread now is not quite as virulent or as dangerous as the second one that exists. The clan or the two different sections of this monkeypox. The, I'll tell you the pictures of the lesions. I mean, it's kind of that, that's scary in and of itself. But uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on it, and we appreciate both of you. Congratulations to both of you as well. Overcoming the COVID darkness. How two doctors successfully treated seven thousand. I guess it's probably up to ten thousand by now. Uh, patients during uh, COVID. Uh, thank you both uh, thank uh, for you, being Sean, with us and what nice. you do every day to help people live longer lives and save lives. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Appreciate you. Quick break. Right back. Sean's got more behind-the-scenes information, more contacts than anybody, more friends behind the curtain. Sean Hannity is on. 25 to the top of the hour. We'll get to the phones, 800-941-SEAN. First, you got to laugh at this on fake news CNN. Uh, I guess anchor Dana Bash. You know, Biden's list of accomplishments, they're just too long to list in this entire segment. <laughs> so please list them. I want to put them up on the screen, scroll them, and you can keep doing the, the talking part. Listen. I want to. 
just even look more broadly beyond this bill and look at some of President Biden's successes on his agenda. It's a long list, and I don't even have time to read it. It's that long. But not only are we, what we're talking about now, $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill, bipartisan gun safety bill, veterans, so on and so forth. Dana Bash. Oh, I don't even really know. I've heard her name before. That's how little I watch fake news CNN. Uh, that's the list of accomplishments. There are no accomplishments. If you're going to talk about this monstrosity of raising taxes and spending money on new green dealism as a victory, good good luck to you. And good luck selling that to the American people in November because I don't think it's going to work. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. Kelly is in Georgia. Kelly, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean. Such a pleasure what? to talk to you. Pleasures. By the way, I have one thing to say to my friends in Georgia. You guys better get your political act together down there. I mean, all I read oh. about is, you know, Republican infighting. Uh, you better understand you're going to live and die and, and succeed or fail together. The, the wow. primaries are over. Now everybody needs to help Herschel win the Senate race. That race is important. Absolutely. It's very critical to the success of our state and also defeating Stacey Abrams, um, you know, for for governor in a couple of years. So we need to we need to really you imagine the, the woman that. that says it's the worst, worst state to live in that single handedly got rid of the all star game. I can't even believe she's she's polling in double digits based on that. It, well, it's you know, it's kind of Atlanta and the rest of the state. So that's um, true. It's, yeah, it's very much Atlanta and the rest of the state. So I just hope the rest of the state can pull together and we can we can make that happen. So, so what's going um, on? Well, last week you had a wonderful segment on um, you know school boards that are passing these provisions that mandate that teachers keep secrets from parents. Isn't that and crazy? That's been yeah, that's been going on across the country. And the red flag that raised for me as a teacher is that in all the training that I go through to spot child sexual predators, one of the red flags is looking for adults that encourage children to keep secrets from their parents. That's part of the whole grooming process to be able to exploit children. So my question is, how is it not grooming when school districts are mandating teachers keep secrets from parents. It's it's so interesting what you say is I think every single parent and I'm not the best at giving out parental advice to anybody, but every parent needs to tell their children from a young age moving forward no secrets. You can tell me anything. Whatever it is, don't worry, you know, tell me anything, tell me everything. I, I tend to agree with you. Any adult that is not a parent, I just find it highly inappropriate that they would say, oh, sure, we'll take you and, and we'll get you an abortion or we'll give you birth control. Or if you want to change your gender, you don't you know, you don't have to tell mom and dad. It's not it's just it's not their place to do so. And and I find it the the height of arrogance and just so audacious the idea that that there are people that think they're so superior in their own moral values that they feel that they would have the right to take a kid for an abortion without consulting the parents or giving them birth control without consulting the parents or letting them go through some type of gender reassignment without consult consulting the parents it's not their job. They're not, you know, well, these these parents are not potted plants. Let's put it that way. Well, and, you know, another thing that I noticed that came across my news feed one morning while I was 
you know, just kind of scrolling through what was up since overnight, is that I've somebody there was some news outlet had said that even some of the um, social media platforms have started censoring the name groomer and grooming um, that, you know, kind of anybody who comes out that way against these school boards and these school districts that are passing these keep secrets from parents mandates that when you bring that up in a social media post and you use the word groomer or grooming, they're taking those posts down because it it is. That is the definition of a groomer is someone who encourages secrets be kept from parents. And you know, um, the fact like that it. we have these predators of kids, but I, I, I just this just infuriates me because they feel that they have every right and they actually feel they have a moral responsibility because they think they're so superior to circumvent values of parents. You know, the, the, those those parents that brought those kids into the world, those kids wouldn't exist without those parents. They have their own set of value systems. We don't send our kids, you know, to go get their value system from from, from some stranger in public school. We send them there to learn how to read, write, do math, do science, uh, learn a little history, learn computers, and then go home. We don't send wow. them there so that they can have a a forced um, you know, a captive audience of kids so they they can brainwash them and instill their values that circumvent parental values. So you raise a good point, but you're one of the good teachers, so we don't have to worry about you, Kelly, but appreciate the call. 800-941-SEAN is our number if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, let's say hi to Donna in Tennessee. Donna, hi, how are you? Glad you called. Hi, Sean. Good afternoon, and thank you for talking for me today, uh, talking with me today, rather. Um I'm actually calling, I'm in Tennessee, but calling about the Connecticut Republican primary tomorrow, which, right. you know, you don't hear a lot about because, as always, the Connecticut state rhinos endorsed a 22-year career politician who votes with Blumenthal quite frequently. So fast forward to this past Thursday evening when President okay. Trump endorsed Leora Levy. A true conservative, uh, a career American, not a career politician, who President Trump must obviously think can win. And I just think we should all follow his lead and fight for blue states because they're not entirely blue. It's like the call a moment ago, the lady from from Georgia that was talking about Atlanta. Well, I think I think we learned that with Glenn Youngkin and we nearly learned it in the governor's race in New Jersey. And if New Jersey can go red, uh, certainly Connecticut could. Look, it's definitely a long shot. Um, I'll tell you what I'm seeing more of, which is more interesting, though, to me. Yeah. Is like in Buckhead, which used to be a, sub a suburb of Atlanta, and I live there. You know, they want to secede. They want to get away from Atlanta, right. and they want their own. Right. They want their own community, their own police force. They because they're tired of being, you know, part of a city that is bought into this wokeness and no bail laws and and defund and dismantle police, et cetera. Now there is a measure that would allow San Bernardino County supervisors to explore secession from the state and whether they can put that before the voters in November. Mm -hmm. The Board of Supervisors approved a ballot measure at a meeting on Wednesday night, and the issue is not uh, the issue had been raised at several board meetings, 
And Wednesday's vote was the first step in adding the measure to the ballot to be followed by a second and final reading and a vote scheduled for next week. So the citizens of San Bernardino County want the San Bernardino County Board of Supervisors to study all options to obtain its fair share of state and federal resources up to and including secession, according to the proposal. And voters Mm -hmm. can select yes or no. Right. I mean, I I, th- I think we're going to see a lot more of this. And, you know, I would rather, of course, always be the United States of America. But, I, you know, but when you get to a point where you have such irreconcilable differences, these instances don't surprise me. Right. Right. But but I think your point in New Jersey, uh, again, that I think that's a very fair and legitimate comparison. Um, but, you know, if there ever was a time that Blumenthal was vulnerable, it's now. And he's not, and and we're not going to make a dent up there without a true conservative. Again, someone with a stark, bold contrast that can, can, again, have a shot at chinking that armor because he, uh, again, a career politician is no better. The one that votes right along with him. Uh, A rhino, you're getting the same thing. Listen, um, all these races, I'm going to run. I'm not going to get into the weeds of all these races. But if you if you want Chuck Schumer's, you know, partner in crime, stick with Blumenthal, because, you know, like every Democrat, he's a reliable 95 percenter. Almost every single Democrat, even Joe Manchin is is 91 or 2 percent with Elizabeth Warren and, and Chuck Schumer and Bernie Sanders. I mean, it's just a it's a facade. In, and they say he is. You know, the the moderate in the party. Okay, he didn't want to get rid of the judicial filibuster um, and cloture, but that hardly makes him the right winger that he claims to be. Uh, Anyway, appreciate the call. Quick break, right back. We'll uh, hit the phones, 800-941-SEAN, our number if you want to be a part of the program. All right, back to our busy phones, 800-941-SEAN, our number. Bob is in New Mexico. Bob, how are you? Glad you called. Uh, I'm great, and uh, actually, I just wanted to give a quick firsthand account of uh, the evils of Biden, Biden inflation and gas prices that uh, put my wife and I's small business out of business over the last year. Oh, no. Uh, we what kind of business? Medical- no, uh, no fun. We own a non-emergency medical transport company. About 90% of our business takes care of Medicaid patients. And over the last year, with the increase in gas hike and no way to uh, to pass that on to my, my customer base, uh, over the last three weeks, I've had to look 20 people in the eye and tell them they didn't have jobs anymore. So you couldn't charge more for the transport, again, non-emergency transport of patients. Maybe they need dialysis or some other procedure. Why They, they wouldn't pay more or their insurance companies wouldn't pay more? Exactly. Medi- their uh, Medicaid is about 90% right. of it. And yeah, so Medicaid would give has given no increases actually in the state of New Mexico in 19 years uh, for Medicaid transportation. So you and just can't do it. You cannot keep your business open and make a profit. No, no. The, as a matter of fact, the last two months uh, that we were open, my wife and I paid salaries out of our personal account. There was no money left in the business account, uh, hoping that we could get it to turn around and that maybe gas prices would start falling. But it just didn't happen. So what are you going to do next? Well, we we own a uh, we just opened up a, a cannabis dispensary here that's recreational cannabis in New Mexico. So we're fine. 
Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's my wife and I are going to be okay, but you know, to have to look all those people in the eye that I, they were some, some of those people were, were here. From well, obviously there's something that you're passionate about. So now you're basically selling weed to people. Do you smoke weed? I, I'm not much of a user. Quit being a pothead about 20 years ago. Um, right. but it's a great business model. <laughs> you're making money off of weed. Look, I, I understand. I understand the legality of it. I think that the ship has sailed. I think the states are going to make their decisions on it. And then so many of them have have leaned in the direction of New Mexico. I still see it as a gate, gateway drug. I see it that way. Do you not see that? Uh, from personal experience, I'm going to say no. Uh, I mean, I you know I started smoking pot probably in the 70s and 80s when I was a teenager. Uh, but, I quit. But doing the it. pot today is nothing like back then, is it? Oh, no, no, no. And, and every now and again, because I will sample and make sure I've got, you know, good stuff I'm passed on to people. No, it's uh, it's a whole different ballgame. All right. Meaning it's that much more potent. Much, much exactly. What used to, you sit down and smoke a couple of bong loads with your buddies, now a couple of hits off a joint, and I could, you're, I'm done for hours. Um, so, yeah, no, the intense, it's much more intense than it used to be. That's crazy. Um, well, at least, look, you, you have a way to put food on your table, and obviously there's a high demand for all of that. The only thing I can say about people that smoke weed regularly with their, and there are exceptions that I have met in my life is usually they're not the most productive people in the world. Usually they're just, you know, kind of going through life and that, but that's been my broad sweeping generalization. And, and then people go on other, you know, now the latest thing is now they want to legalize psychedelics, mushrooms and all that stuff, hallucinogens. Right. And, you know, and they, they may have a place somewhere, but I, I'll tell you, our clientele, and we do run more of a boutique high-end sort of, of business, uh, man, I got tons of professionals. I got, uh, I really don't have any, any of the, the non-productive folks, for the most part, that are part of my clientele. I think it may be a little more widespread than we all thought. And so they're using this instead of, say, going home and having a cocktail. Absolutely. I hear a lot of that. All right. Appreciate the call. Good luck to you and your wife and uh, your business. I only wish people the best. I don't know. Linda, would you ever open up a weed store? I would do the medicinal cannabis for the kids with seizures, 100%. Okay. Like Charlotte's Web. We did an interview on that years ago. Yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting. No, I, th- I mean, CBD products are made from the hemp plant, but they just don't have the Well, it takes out the THC, THC in it. Right. Right. But All I right. do think there are some medicinal properties, like... I've had a few uncles who died of pretty painful cancers, and they both had this medicinal weed that they took, and it was the only thing that took the pain away. So I think there are some ancillary medicinal benefits. Well, I certainly would pick that over, say, OxyContin or one of these harsh painkillers, right? 100%. Totally agree with that. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 